Hi and welcome to Soar After a Diagnosis with Tiffany, where we will embark on a transformational journey. And I am so excited that you decided to join us. We have designed each episode for you. That's right, for you to break through and shine in spite of a diagnosis. At the end of each show, our soar intention is to leave you, our listeners, with a desire and the determination to transform their trauma into a platform of triumph. Get ready to take off on this amazing journey. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining another amazing episode of Soar After a Diagnosis with Tiffany. Let me tell you, you are in for a treat today. I bring to the mic today one of my sister friends. Um, She's an amazing woman who has an amazing story. It's Professor Joy Onyeso, and I'm going to let her introduce herself because she can do an even better job than myself. So, Professor Joy, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Thank you so much, Tiffany, for having me on this show. I'm so excited to be here. I am Professor Joy Onyeso. I'm a Nigerian. I live in Enugu, Nigeria. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm also a women's rights activist, a peace builder. So I'm the country director of Women's International League for Peace and Freedom Nigeria. I'm also the international president for Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. I'm the CEO and uh, founder of Joy Onyeso, a registered organization. I'm the publisher of the Power Woman e-magazine. I also host an online Facebook live show, which is called the Friday Night Hangout. And I'm the convener of She Speaks Summit. Um, I'm just interested in sharing my gift with women and just sharing my story as a gift to women and to the world and just adding value. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for saying yes. I do not count anyone's yes Um, a little act. I count it as a huge act because you are a busy woman. So with that being said, I want to hop right into the questions. I'm excited to learn even more about you. Um, Briefly share with us about your experience in dealing with a chronic or terminal illness. I do know that you have a daughter who was diagnosed with a chronic disease and we want to learn more about your role in that and how you have traveled and journeyed through that so if you could share with us the background of that introduce us to you know who your daughter is and and the background of her as well thank you so much for this um my daughter is adese onyeso she's um 14 years of age she's in the eighth grade right now transiting to the ninth grade is here schooling here in nigeria and she is diagnosed with um brittle bone disease now the brittle bone disease is a condition it's actually a very rare bone disorder that um that causes the bones to fracture with little or no pressure so in her 14 years of life she's had over 40 fractures and she's right now um using the wheelchair, so she means she can't walk right now because of the frequent fractures she's had um, over the years. 
But apart from that, she's an amazing, sweet girl. I can't, you know, I, I don't even know anyone that is happier than she is, despite her limitations. It's not always been this way. It's not always been easy. I remember when we got the diagnosis um, 14 years ago, it felt as if my life had literally come to an end. Um, when the doctor gave me the diagnosis, it, it felt so unreal. I remember asking him, so um, what's the cure? How long does it, how long would, would, do we need to get her cured? And he was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. There's no cure for this. Um, it can only be managed. And I felt as if my whole world, you know, crumbled at that instant. I felt like a failure. Like I failed my daughter. I could have done better. You know, with, with the diagnosis for a little baby, it's, it, it, it was, I just felt like there was something I didn't do well. I could have done this. I could have done that. You know, all kinds of thoughts just came tumbling around my head. I became so depressed. Um, I didn't want to accept the diagnosis. At the first instance, I was, I was living in denial. It's instructive to know that I had her in London. And so I had to come travel back home to Nigeria with her. And when I came back home, I didn't want my extended family to know what we we're dealing with uh, because I didn't even accept the situation in the first instance. And about three weeks after we came back, she had another fracture, you know, making it the fourth fracture she had because she had three in London and then one in three weeks after we came back. And it was, it was, I felt so devastated. I can't, adequately described the way I felt. I was hiding her away from family, extended family, from friends. I didn't want people to know what we were struggling with. But I must say that having a supportive spouse made a whole lot of difference. My husband, you know, kept trying to bring me out of the mood, kept trying to make me see the bright light. Um, he, he was really very supportive. Then I had the, the difficulty and the pain of having to explain to my other two young kids why they couldn't play with their sisters, with their, with their sister rough, you know, in, 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 you know, they just had to be very careful around her. Sometimes I wouldn't allow them to carry her. And that's what really, really broke me time and time and time again. And each time she had a fracture and I just hear her screaming pain, I felt like a failure. Like I couldn't, that feeling of helplessness when you know you can't do anything about it and your little baby is just going on in pain, that one, that the sound of that cry, I've never really gotten off it. You know, it's sometimes I just hear her screaming in my head and it has taken a whole lot of, of you know, building my, my, myself, my faith, and just getting myself out of the trauma. It was so traumatic. And it affected me on different levels. First, it affected my relationship with my spouse. Um, um, I wasn't even paying attention to him. I wasn't paying as much attention to my other two kids because I had um, two other kids. So she has two older siblings. She's the last. And I wasn't paying attention even to myself. I felt I had to pay the penance for not doing something right, making her turn out the way she did. I was just blaming myself for everything. It took me a long journey. It was five, six years of consistently working on myself. But I can't see, I can't really say the exact moment where things turned around. But one thing I do know was 
there was this particular fracture she had. And as I watched her screaming, I had, you know, splitted the femur, giving her pain relief. She was still screaming. And I just told myself, I said, Joy, you can't continue this way. You can't change the situation as it is, her diagnosis, but you can make a whole lot of difference in the way she sees herself and in the way you also care for her. And I think it was at that point I opened up my heart to the possibilities that existed with the diagnosis. And I want to also mention that my faith was very foundational to helping me, you know, build my confidence, helping me care for her, and just let, helping me know that there is much more to life than living in pain and just focusing on that situation. And I can tell you this, that from that moment onwards, my life has not been the same. I had the privilege of rediscovering myself and just understanding the kind of person I am and what my purpose in life is. And has helped me to really care for my daughter in an amazing way. She's one self-confident young teenager. And each day I look at her, I just thank God for that privilege of um, opening me, opening myself up to the possibilities of caring for her. Wow, that is so good. And you said something that was so profound for me. You said that your life changed. You said it twice. You said it when the diagnosis came. But then you also said you recognized that you couldn't change the diagnosis, but you could change how she sees herself. That is so powerful because as a person who's journeyed through a diagnosis at a young age, such as your daughter, it wasn't until I saw myself different in a positive light that I was able to live life to the fullest. And so that's powerful. That's so powerful for you as a caregiver, for you as a mom to say, I have to own how my daughter sees herself. She is still beautiful. She is still amazing. She is still powerful. She is still, you know, this amazing individual that is going to be able to accomplish all of these things set before her. The process may just be a little different. And to me, that is what we all need. We need someone in our corner, such as yourself, to help us see ourselves different, but from a place of victory in that difference. So thank you for sharing that. You also shared one of your difficult parts was you know, balancing everything, balancing, you know, taking care of her and taking care of your other children, balancing, helping your her siblings understand, yes, you can care for and love on her, but it has to be extra careful, balancing and taking care of your spouse. So in doing that, how did you find that balance? What did you put into practice to help you balance all of those hats you were wearing? Oh. Uh, this, I, I love this question, honestly, Tiffany. Um, I must confess here that it wasn't easy at first. I, I felt lost in the midst of all the different hats. I felt resentful at the beginning. And 
um, it was a gradual process, you know, of just understanding that it's okay to let the ball drop. It's okay to be vulnerable. And I learned to ask for help. I learned that it's powerful to ask for help. And so I became more communicative. I would say to even my little kids, mom is tired. Mom cannot do this. Mom would need you to do this, this, and that, you know. And with my husband, the same thing. I, I became more expressive um, of when I need help, when I need support, because I, I got to understand that sometimes we think people understand that you need support. You think people understand that what you're going through. And even though we're all involved, I was her major caregiver. So I was experiencing the reality in a different way. And there was no, there is no way anyone else would understand if I don't express it. So, you know, that process of expressing, asking for help became a learning process for me, became a learning process for all of us. And then gradually, um, I, I would say finding a rhythm rather than say balancing it. I always like to talk about a rhythm because sometimes some certain aspects get to suffer, but I felt okay with it, that it's okay because I can't be everything to everyone at the same time. And that is fine. So I, I became more confident with, you know, doing the most I can do and allowing people to support me with those things that I can't do. And that has really helped me um, through the years. That is so good. You said a key phrase yet again. That's why I knew this was going to be a great interview for the audience. You said you can't be everything to everybody. And that is really finding balance. That's finding it's teaching you how to prioritize and to understand you have to have help. And I think yeah. a lot of times, initially, we feel, oh, it's my child. I can do this. I don't need help. I got this. I'm mom. I can do this. And we yeah. realize if, if we're going to make it, we have to have help. I remember my mom telling me when I was diagnosed, she said, this is my baby. I got this. Oh. And quickly she realized this is her baby, but she needed help. She needed help. She could not be everything to everybody and be able to provide the moral support that I needed, the physical support that I needed, the emotional support that I needed. Because, you know, it started at an early age, but it continued on because it's a chronic illness, right? So yeah. you shared so much and you shared something about, you know, the vulnerability space of it all. You know, it, it's, it's hard when you're used to being that leader and that person for everybody, when you have to become the vulnerable person and the person who True. has to rely, right? So you have True. to kind of shift being who you've always been. Um, and I think it's so good that you decided to share that with this audience because I, I know they need to hear it because I feel like I created the podcast for people who I see as people of power, people oh. of power because they were chosen to carry the load of the diagnosis, but they're at a place where they haven't quite figured out how to do it. And, and instead of saying, hey, I need help, they find themselves coming out of, you know, that, that nine to five superwoman cake 
and going into the corner crying because they're not vulnerable enough to say, yes, I can do it, but I need help. So you shared something that's so powerful for these people to understand. Being vulnerable doesn't take your power away. Being vulnerable doesn't take your ability to be a superwoman and a super mom away. It actually gives it an additional layer of saying, because I am willing to ask for help, I'm an even powerful woman and an even yeah. powerful mom. That was so good. So here's a, another question, and it goes right into the last question. You take care of you, you take care of children, you take care of a husband. How do you take care of yourself while you're taking <laughs> care of everybody else? How have you figured out how to do all of that and mm -hmm. care for Joe? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> this is a very good one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I wasn't good at taking care of Joy. I wasn't good at, you know, practicing, you know, self-care, wellness. I felt that I just had to be everywhere. You know, I felt guilty if I had to say no, but I learned to use the power of my no. I simply say no to certain things which are not um, in my priority. So the first thing I did was to learn how to prioritize. So I wear multiple caps. I do a lot of things and I listen to my body. I know when to step back. I know when to just take my me time. I love my space a lot. And I've learned as, as I'm growing older, I've learned to value that me time. I need time to rejuvenate. I need time to just re repack, reflect. And my family has also been very supportive in this. And so I get my space. I get my time out. I read. I love to read. I love to meditate. And I love to pray singing i i don't have a very beautiful voice but i love to sing because it calms me down a lot and so just then i have what i call my support system they're very close few close friends that i get to spend time with away from family you know one thing we we, we one thing i've learned is there is family time and there is the me time and there's a the me time with friends so I also value that me time with friends to keep me going on strong. And so that's how I take care of myself. Finding time to spend with friends who make me happy, who give me a lot of positive vibes and who just make me relax. And I run away. When I mean run, I literally run away from any drama and negative vibes from um, friends. So if you're a friend and you give me too much drama, I just cut loose and I move on. And again, you've given some powerful points, and I love it. You said you learn to prioritize. You listen to your body. You value your me time. And I, and I love how you broke down the difference between family time and me time and then me time with friends because that's important. There is me time where it needs to be just you, just you and, and you know, your quiet your meditation moments, your time with, you know, the father and whatever else. And then there's time where you need the support of your closest friends where you can maybe use them as a sounding board or use them as an opportunity to 
give you just some uh, affirmation that you may need. That is huge. And, and I think, honestly, just hearing that from you is something that a lot of us need to learn, need to learn the difference in all of the time that we carve out and putting the right things in those buckets of time. If I'm saying this is me time, then it's all about me. If I'm saying this is family time, then it's all about family. If I'm saying this is me time with friends and it's all about me and my friends, that is so powerful. Wow, that was good. That was good. This has been good. This has been good. So we're down to the last question. And it's something that I know you're going to drop even more amazing nuggets for us to grab. And it's simply this, Professor Joy, it is simply this. I want you to share some encouragement for family members and caregivers of those who are dealing with someone facing a chronic or terminal diagnosis. You know, speak to them from your heart space because you have such a beautiful heart and soul and you love people so genuinely. I really want you just to speak in to them and when you finish up with that i'll come back and close us out but this is your time to speak to that person who's dealing with caring for a loved one or even walking through it themselves oh thank you so much tiffany this is this is really very huge and i just want to say to you listening to me today don't feel guilty at where you are right now don't be in a hurry to move past where you are right now. Life happens in phases and you're going through a phase. Trust me, no matter how dark it looks right now, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Just focus on doing what you can do now and trust yourself that whatsoever care you are giving right now, whatsoever decision you're making right now is the best you can do at this point in time. You have all it takes. You're more than enough to get through this situation together. Don't be ashamed to ask for help when you need one because you would need some help. We were not created to be independent. God created us to be interdependent, meaning that there's something about me, some skill set, something, some support that will be valuable to you in your journey. Likewise, there's something about your journey that's also very important to my own journey and so don't be afraid don't be ashamed to ask and when you get to that moment where you feel overwhelmed and you feel like breaking down and cry please go ahead and do so and just release the emotions from yourself but know this when you get tired give yourself that permission to rest when you feel rested don't give up on yourself get up even if it means crawling keep crawling the most important thing is you're taking daily actions, moving away from where you are into the bright future that exists before you. And I tell you, you will have reasons to smile at the end of the day. Remember, your journey is a gift to someone else. And so how you transit through that journey makes a lot of difference. Keep holding on. Keep holding up. You are going to get out of that situation more than what very very well more than you can ever imagine i love you i honor your journey 
and I celebrate you. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Professor Joy, that was perfect. That was perfect. Now, before I close out the show, I need people to know how to connect with you. So give us websites, give us social media handles, whatever it is for these people to directly connect with you. I want them to know how to find you. Thank you for this. Um, you can reach me on my website, joyonyeso.com. My social media handles, my business page handle is Prof Joy Onyeso, one word. Then you can also reach me on my personal Facebook page, Joy Onyeso, or on my Instagram is Joy underscore Onyeso. You can also send me an email at joyonyeso at joyonyeso.com. So any of these handles... I'll, I'll get back to you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Professor Joy, I knew this was going to be good. But again, we're sister friends. So we talk sister friend stuff and we do business stuff. But you learn so much. So I want to say thank you again for joining us. I want to say thank you again for just pouring into us, for opening up your heart and your personal space to relive and to share with us. So guys, this brings us to the end of our podcast, but I will not leave you your sore goal. Your sore goal this week is to practice self-care. Your sore goal is to practice self-care. And I want you to visit... Um, Professor Joy's page. I want you to share with us what it is that you're doing to practice self-care. So as I always close the show out in saying, I close it out by saying continue and I know that you're going to have a amazing day. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Soar After a Diagnosis with Tiffany. We are so glad you took time out of your day to tune in to this very unique and very inspiring podcast. We hope that you took notes and that you are ready for a transformational moment as you work through your sore goal for the week. Have an amazing day and a fabulous week. And we will see you on the next episode of Soar After a Diagnosis.